0: Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved. It's been 10 years since someone hit and killed Kelly Boyce Hurlbert in Traverse City as she rode her bike home from work early in the morning of July 5th, 2013. Police have reviewed thousands of tips and spent thousands of hours investigating, but there's still been no arrest in the case. We recently spoke with Kelly's sister and Traverse City Police about where the case stands a decade later. Let's start with Captain Keith Gillis, who's now leading the investigation at the Traverse City Police Department. Let's start at the very beginning. Where does this case start? How does this case
1: start? So, July fifth, two thousand thirteen, in the early morning hours, um, after the Fourth of July fireworks, um, approximately one fifty-six in the morning, uh, Kelly Boyce was riding her bicycle. Um, and was struck by a vehicle, uh, which led uh, around the corner onto railroad, on Washington Street, around the corner onto railroad, and then up almost to the sidewalk into the alley. Uh, When we responded, we found Kelly Boyce, and it appeared that she had been drugged by a vehicle, the vehicle that hit her, that started this investigation. Kelly had since passed at Munson Hospital that particular morning, and since, July 5th of 2013, the Traverse City Police Department has been investigating, working with other agencies. The FBI, Michigan State Police, Grand Traverse County Sheriff Department, Michigan State Police Crime Lab, we've had over thousands and thousands of hours, of man hours, into this investigation, along with well over a thousand tips. From the community that had led us in several different directions as far as the investigation goes, and um, the reason for our press brief a week, ag- you know, a week and a half ago was to you know let the community know that we are still investigating this complaint, and every tip that we get, we're investigating as as thorough as we possibly can. You know, the unique, and I don't want to use the word unique, the the hard part about this type of investigation is it's a you know there's not very many witnesses that were on that particular uh, road or street that particular night and you know looking for that tip that's gonna lead us to some physical evidence to a possible suspect in this this homicide.
0: A thousand I, tips is a lot of tips It is a lot of tips. Or a case.
1: It is a, little, a lot of tips and to understand that you know, a, a tip that we like this morning, I, I've got four tips this morning that I'm working on. And to go through those tips, um, you know, it might take a, a detective, you know, it might, it might be a simple phone call on a possible suspect and some reasons on why they think that this is a suspect. But it might take, you know, in tracking all that information down and where we end up interviewing a possible suspect or a person of interest. It could take a detective, you know, anywhere from one day to two weeks, depending on the nature of the tip. We've closed a lot of tips. Some of those tips are still open because we don't have any physical evidence to attach with that tip. So that's what we're looking for. Uh, We know somebody out there knows something, and we want to keep the community active. If you have not called and talked to us in reference to information you have about this case, please call. Uh, we put our phone number all over the fa- all over Facebook, social media, and the FBI even did a, a, a media blast in reference to this particular case. We are still working, and everybody is still involved, and you know this is, this case is not going away until we close it with an arrest and prosecution.
0: And you're not going away with this case either. So no, this is not something where the person responsible can just think, I'm just going to wait it out right. until the detectives give up.
1: Yeah, but that's not going to happen.
0: this case, when you talk about investigating it, there were some challenges pretty much from the get-go. Dark, Yes. not a lot of eyewitnesses. Right. Can you, you know, expound on that? I mean, there, yeah, there's, it, some, there's some pretty significant hurdles you have had to overcome or have to still kind of overcome in this investigation. Yeah,
1: that, I, I mean, it's not like I explained. It's not like a person-on-person type complaint where you know there's actual physical evidence that's left from from a human to a human where where, when it's a vehicle involved um, the only physical evidence we have is relation to Kelly but that doesn't narrow it down to one what kind of vehicle it was two who was driving the vehicle now we have information that may have led to somebody that we believe maybe was driving the vehicle however that's not physical evidence that's based on a tip that, you know, they they know this individual, they believe that this individual did it. However, it boils down to what we can prove in reference to taking that through the court system.
0: And when you have all these pockets of information to fill in, does that sort of heighten the necessity of people just to come forward, even if they think it's a small piece of information, because that's one more small pocket or small piece that you put together?
1: Yeah, so, you know... Um somebody calls in a tip that leads us to somebody that we've already investigated, and you know the detectives have instincts that you know they be- this could have happened. This, this individual could have done this. However, we need physical evidence. you know, they're not going to the suspect or person of interest is not going to talk to us or tell us that they did this unless we have physical evidence. Now that tip might lead us to that physical evidence. One, it might lead us to the vehicle which would be huge.
0: For you is there an aspect of this case that's frustrating or is there a case that bugs you or, or maybe an aspect that you're just like, or just in general maybe like you're thinking man, I just really want to get this done, I, I want to bring this, bring this case home.
1: Yeah, I, I mean this is um, for our community, for Michelle and Nicole, her, her, Kelly's family, just the closure. And justice. Kelly, Kelly did not deserve this, nor anybody would deserve this, but the family would like some closure. They would also like justice. And for the police officers that responded that particular night, and the, police, and the detectives that have been working on this case, we've, we have a very good working relationship with the family, and they understand that we're doing everything we possibly can do, but somebody out there knows something, and we need them to call. We
0: were talking before we sat down, too. This isn't like Kelly was just hit and the driver drove off. No. She was hit
1: and drug. Yes. For a while. Yeah, this is, was a horrific, I, I mean, just unbelievable that the individual that was driving this vehicle did not hear her when there were people, a witness a block and a half away that could hear her screaming. And, you know, what type of person would do that? that's the that's the troubling part
0: but it is time for that person to come forward it is and say
1: it is it, it, it's time time to take responsibility for your actions and like I said it's time for some closure for the family and some justice and also some closure for the officers that were involved that night and for the detectives that have been working on this case for the last 10 years
0: were you here when this originally I was. happened? Yes. It, how was it sad with you? Just you know, both as you know, a you know, police officer, but also somebody that calls this community
1: home. You know, as being in law enforcement for almost thirty years, you know, there's cases, and you can ask any police officer this. You know, uh, most individuals go through you know one or two traumatic events in their lifetime. Most police officers go through 1,200 to 1,300 traumatic events in their career. And this is one of them. So we, we, we need that tip.
0: That kind of humanizes it, I guess, a, a little bit yes. when you say that, because I think people think of police officers and rough tough. You yeah. just keep put it in the back of your mind, but this sounds like something that's just kind of... It's not just in your mind, but it's also
1: in your heart. Yeah, you, you know, um, most people become police officers because they want to do the right thing. They want to. They care about their community, and you know, our department is very proactive in community policing. Um, we care about our community. Uh, we we live in our community. We raise our kids in this community, and you know, for us to put ourselves and think about this put yourself in the, the family members of Kelly. It's, it's not right that you know this case has been going on for 10 years and somebody out there knows who did this and it, it's just not right.
0: And that was Traverse City Police Captain Keith Gillis bringing us up to speed on the status of their investigation into the hit and run death of Kelly Boyce Hurlbert. The wait for answers for Kelly's family can only be described as agonizing. For 10 years, they've worked to keep her case in the spotlight, holding news conferences, speaking with the local media, even hanging flyers around Traverse City. It's all part of their effort to keep Kelly's story in the public spotlight and generate tips to fill in missing pieces of the 10-year investigation. We spoke with Kelly's sister, Nicole, about the case.
2: She just, you know, she growing up, she could... She was always fun to be around, but as her sibling, we we didn't want to make her mad. <laughs> she had that side too, so she just, she in high school ran for Coho Queen, and in honor, they have a Coho Festival, and she ran for Coho Queen, and she got Miss Congeniality, so we always joked and picked on her for that. She was, you know, as her sister, it was a little different, she wasn't always Miss to us, but mm-hmm. <laughs> she was, she, with everybody else, she was, so. Mm-hmm. And in
0: 2013, she was working here in Traverse in, City? Yes, yep. Was S- it North Peak? Yes,
2: at North Peak, and at the Omelette Shop. Okay, waiting, mm-hmm. doing weight stuff. Yes.
0: Um, so July 5th, she does something that she's done a million times before.
2: Yep. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So she worked that night, and then she went downstairs and listened to Polly fin- finish out his set, and once they wrapped up, she got on her bike to head home. She had worked all day and was tired and ready to go home.
0: And she biked, did she bike home often?
2: Or? Yes, all the time. They, especially at that time of year, would take their bikes to and from work all the time just to not have to deal with the car and the traffic. And she would ride into town constantly instead of driving. She'd prefer it.
0: Stage for plenty of time, plenty Mm -hmm. of gas.
2: Exactly, and not have to deal with the parking and all that. So, and the only reason, you know, he didn't have his bike or anything that night was he had all his equipment with him. So.
0: Take me back to the moment when you found out um, what happened. You know, she was hit right around 2 a.m.
2: I got woke up to a phone call, and it was. It was horrible. We didn't know the extent of it at that moment. We just got the phone, I got, woke up to a phone call saying we needed to get up to Travers. It was bad. We needed to get to the hospital as soon as possible. So I went down, woke my mom up and called my brothers and headed to the hospital as fast as we could. So, cause we're, you know, we're down in Frankfurt. So it took us a little time to get there. And, you know, and still to this day, I don't do well with middle of the night phone calls early morning phone calls.
0: <laughs> because it brings it back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so she was hit right around 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, what time did she pass? Was, was it later that morning?
2: Yes, it was early morning. They did everything they could and took her in and there, there was just nothing they could do. Got wrenching, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Yes.
0: When you started figuring out what happened, were you police told you what had happened, what was kind of taking me through that thought process in those moments is grieving the loss of your sister, but then you start hearing from police what happened to her.
2: At first, you know, it was all, it was a big shock, you know, to to understand it. And when we first started getting the initial, you know, the first couple days, we thought it was, you know, just it was a horrific accident, what happened, and trying to understand it, and the more we talked to them, you know we got limited details at first, and then, as a little time passed, and we got more and more details and as time has went on, it has become more clear to us that from where I sit, I don't believe it was an accident i you know in the beginning, we thought maybe it was a drunk driver maybe it was just someone under the influence. Maybe they didn't know that they had done it, you know, and and even in the first few months, maybe somebody would come forward and say, you know, we didn't realize maybe after, you know, the first few weeks, maybe they just didn't realize what they, they left the scene, but they're going to turn themselves in. They're going to come back and say, you know, we, we, we did this, but we need to make it right. But there was all that hope in the beginning. And as time has went on, we just, I personally don't feel that's the case now especially after all these years. I think it was intentional as you learn more details about what happened and how it happened. And I don't believe that they didn't know that they did it. You know in the beginning there was a lot of speculation that you know maybe they didn't realize it but when the neighbors heard. The screams, there's no way that the person in the vehicle didn't know what they were doing. The way the cars were parked, and the way that they veered, and how far they went. I can only get into certain specifics of it all, but the way that they traveled and what they did.
0: Even the location Mm -hmm. where it happened.
2: Mm -hmm. The location, exactly, and how they traveled and how they turned and all that stuff, I just...
0: You don't believe this was an accident that would happen to your sister?
2: In the beginning, I did. 10 years later, I don't.
0: That's gotta stick, because there had to be mm-hmm. part of you thinking, it's so fresh, there are, like detectives are all over this, you had to be thinking, they're gonna get this person within two or three days.
2: I, exactly. Right, right away. Exactly, I mean, in the beginning, I really felt, and my whole family did, I, I that you know, somebody was going to come forward, you know, they were, they were in shock themselves or they didn't, you know, or had they been under the influence and they left the scene and wanted to sober up, but then they were going to come to their senses and turn themselves in or something, or they just didn't know what to do when it, happen- it happened, you know, you see that happen. And a couple of days later, they turn themselves in and, or someone did see something and they're going to. I just it's, we all felt that that was going to happen in the first couple of days or the first couple of weeks, and as time went on and it didn't happen and it didn't happen, it's just gotten harder and harder to to deal with.
0: And the more you look at it, and the different pieces that are out there that have made public that have been made public, that's sort of what's led you in the direction of thinking this was probably on purpose.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: I remember talking to you back in 2016, I think the case was only about three years old Mm -hmm. at that point. Here we are 10 years down the road now. You and the police both seem more determined now to solve this than even six years ago. That's just kind of an outside observation from, from looking in, am I on the right track with that or am I totally off base?
2: I think we've always been that. determined. I think there was just a point. I know there was a point where it was really hard. I mean, it's always hard for our family. I think there was just a point for like me personally where it was just really hard to talk about it and to, you were, we were frustrated and we were trying to watch what we said maybe and how we said it, and I'm just now at a point where I feel like, no, I, I will say that I feel like that it was on purpose, that it wasn't and the person that did this is is just they need to be caught, they need to be brought brought to justice. A
0: thousand tips and thousands of man hours have gone into this case and still 10 years later nothing. That's gotta It's frustrating.
2: It does. It's frustrating. It's extremely frustrating to not to not know. It's just extremely frustrating.
0: Is it frustrating because of how many tips or because you know somebody out there knows something?
2: Because you know somebody out there knows something. And whether do the police have that tip and do they not have all the proper evidence to be able to prove that tip? Has that tip been overlooked? Has it? Does somebody know, know the right information but they haven't called it in? Do they have the right information to prove it you just don't know there's so many unanswered questions out there
0: what has you what what keeps you going 10 years later and still sharing your sister's story and still making these pushes with tcpd the fbi there's a twenty-five thousand dollar reward that's out there what what keeps driving you
2: hope that one day the call is going to come that they have the person behind bars what would that kind of cliché ask, what would that mean to you? It'll be, I don't know, it, it'll finally mean, it, it'll be justice for Kelly. That's what she deserves. This She didn't deserve this to happen to her. Her life was cut short. I mean, she was just innocently riding home from work one night. And is there others that this has happened to? I mean, it's just not, It's not fair, she was taken way too soon from us. And like I said, I just no longer believe that this was just a freak accident. And it's not fair that she doesn't get to live her life and whoever did this does.
0: She's missed missed a lot.
2: Mm Mm-hmm, yeah, she's missed all these years that were taken from her and taken from us. And it's whoever did this shouldn't be able to walk around and not have to pay for what they did and what they took from us.
0: It's gotta be weighing on their conscience though too.
2: You would think if they're, if they have a conscience, you would think this would be weighing on them heavily.
0: Do you want to forgive them? Or is it more just knowing what happened and being able to look at somebody and say, I know what you did and now so does everybody else, and it's time for justice to play out. I know that's a loaded, <laughs> loaded question.
2: For me right now, there's no forgiveness because they haven't come forward. There, there can't be, because 10 years later, they haven't owned up to what they've done. So if they could own up to it, you could go from there. But if you can't own up to what you did.
0: It's time to own up.
2: hmm It's time to own up to what you what you did. And it's, it's been way too long. I mean, we deserve answers as her family. Her friends deserve answers. And it's just, it's, it's time. It's been way too long.
0: Do you think about that moment, your phone ringing? And- CPD saying,
2: mm-hmm. we got him. Yeah, all the time, especially this time of year. You just hope that day comes.
0: Is there anything else people should know or anything else the community should keep in mind about your sister, about Kelly, about her case 10 years later?
2: Just... We appreciate everybody for keeping the story out there and for sharing it and for the news and for the police departments and for everyone for still working on this and for everybody that has sent in tips, whether they've turned out to be anything or not, they are appreciated. And we just, we do appreciate it. And we wanna say thank you for, to everyone You know, and my sister, her bright smile, everybody that knew her, you know, she would light up a room. And we just have to keep going forward and trying to get her justice.
0: And that was the sister of Kelly Boyce Hurlbert, Nicole Nostrand, once again sharing her sister's story, hoping this is the year that brings an arrest. If you have any information on who hit and killed Kelly Boyce Hurlbert, contact the Traverse City Police Department. The FBI is also offering a $25,000 reward for information that leads to an arrest and conviction. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Unsolved Podcast. For 9 in 10 News, I'm David Lydon.